you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy. Hello, it's Justin Bieber, and my new record Changes is available right now. Dr. Vibe Show, the home of Epic Conversations. I'm the host of Epic Conversations. As always, I like to say that you're blessed, highly favored, a magnet for miracles, and a solution for someone's problem. Winner of the 2018 award in the innovation category given out by the Canadian Ethnic Media Association. And as all, you know, as always, I'm joined by my blessed, black highly man favorite from south of the 49th, Mr. Kinte. And a solution what is up, Kinte? For someone's problem. Hello. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sorry about that. I was on mute. Uh, uh, I'm so happy to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to this episode tonight. Yeah, we're continuing. By Back by popular demand last Sunday, which was uh, the 9th of fe February, we hosted a conversation called Gobi. Go Gobi. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe, Gail, Snoop. Lisa, Bill, Susan, et cetera, et cetera. And so many people said, oh, I wish I would have caught it or I wish I got in on it. Can we make it happen? So we're doing part two this week where I got some people already joining on. Shout out to Maya. Shout out to Luke also. And tonight we're joined by Madeline. Madeline, how Madeline are you? Madeline Clarita. How Hello. are you? I got, <laughs> I'm awesome. I got one of those foreign names, and you know what? I decided that I'm going to start making people say Madeline Carita, just because, you know, it sounds good. It sounds good. <laughs> All right, so Madeline Carita, welcome to the conversation tonight. I uh, just want to ask, well, before we get into it, a little bit of background about yourself. Um, I have had the nickname Big Mouth for a very long time. Okay. Uh, I've done multiple radio shows. Uh, Big Mouth was one of my very first radio shows because uh, I got a mouth like a shotgun. Eventually, you probably, <laughs> eventually it's going to explode in your face. Okay. Okay, eventually. folks. Kinte invited her. So if you have any complaints, it's Kit. It goes on Kinte's shoulders, all right? Not mine. Yeah. Ne never. I got a mouth like a shotgun. It's always going to go off on the wrong time. But okay. I've learned how to turn that into TV shows. I've learned to turn that into interviews. You know, but uh, I've definitely, definitely uh, have gotten kicked off of uh, CNN for dropping the F bomb. Oh, so, wow. Just letting you know what you're in for. Okay, no problem. Well, on the replay, I'll edit. So that's no worry. I can't do anything live. So let's get into it. Uh, okay. What is your take on this whole situation? Uh, you mean the uh, Snoop Dogg and Gail situation or the yep. Gail Kobe situation? There's a couple situations circling okay, each other so, in this. So let's break it down. So which situation do you want to talk about first? I mean, the most, I mean, I, I want to talk about just the Kobe situation in general because, you know, right now is NBA All-Star Weekend. And I, a lot of us are feeling it. We are feeling the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, no matter how people feel about what he, what, he was acquitted of, mind you. Um, we still have to take a moment of reverence oh, because he was meaningful to people despite what he was accused of, 
he was still something that was meaningful and resonated through the uh, black community, right? Um, our sports stars mean something to us. I was a little ghetto kid, you know? And being a football player, a basketball player, it was something that we saw as ways out of the ghetto, out of the system, out of the misery. Um, and even if you knew that you were never gonna be a football player, it was, or a basketball player, Basketball is something that was important to the black community. And we lost a hero. So regardless of how everybody feels about it, I want to take that moment of reverence and say that we as not just just, just LA residents or, or we as a country, and not just black people felt the passing of Kobe Bryant. You know, it, it was a, a cultural hero to black people. And at the same time, he was a hero to lots of other people, regardless of how others felt about his legacy. So I want to talk about that. Like, that was kind of what I wanted to kick off with. Sure. Um, now we can get into good stuff. I think maybe we need to backtrack and talk about the infamous Gale situation before we get to Snoop. Because I think a lot of people are hearing details, but they don't really know what actually occurred. So I'm gonna jump out and let you guys, you know, talk about, pick up where you guys left off last week. Well, you know, so where, well, we basically left off last week where, you know, we're just continuing the conversation and going through all different facets. So you being new, I think it, we value what you have to say about first the Gale situation. We'll add and also the viewers, whoever's watching live, whether it's, through Get Vocal, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through Periscope, we'll certainly sh share those comments. But so let's get it from you first. What were your thoughts about Gail? Um, I mean, I've seen pictures of Gail standing next to Jeffrey Epstein. I've seen pictures of Gail and Oprah standing next to Harvey Weinstein, right? We have seen them with people that we know were predators, right? that we completely know without a doubt were super predators. You know, all it took was being a woman in LA for about two years and having any kind of like momentum to find out that Harvey Weinstein was, was a predator, right? It, I feel like these people, those two people were predators out in the open. Like I can say for a fact that uh, when I was, I don't know, about 23, I was a young model and I went to the Victoria's Secrets compound even though it doesn't look like that now, but you know, we ain't models 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, and I remember being in my underwear in this waiting room with other models, having a conversation as a 23 year old and realized that I was sitting with a six foot tall 12 year old. Or I was sitting there in my underwear getting ready to audition for Victoria's Secrets with somebody who just turned 13. There were girls in there who had not even had achieved menses yet. So, and you could walk into the building as a guest, as a girl auditioning, as a woman auditioning, and you could easily see that, like, I'm not necessarily comfortable with being in a room with 12-year-olds in their underwear to walk up and down, walk up and down a runway no matter what. Me, as a 24-year-old, there's a difference between being a 24-year-old where you, you know what you're doing, you're making the decisions as an adult to do what you want to do, and being a 13-year-old thrust into a world full of kind of pedophiles and predators 
I've been working as a model for a very long time. There are a ton of predators in that industry waiting for young girls. And we knew that. And if Gail knew anything about Jeffrey Epstein, if she was a journalist, and also being friends with him, uh, just through Hollywood social circles, it wasn't a secret. It wasn't Victoria's secret, right? It was a secret that was protected by money. Um, or Harvey Weinstein. And for me, for her to bring up Kobe, who was acquitted, mind you, uh, I feel like, where's the attack for her friends? Where's the attack for Harvey Weinstein and the horrible things he did to so many people? Where's that attack? But she got time for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, it was not Russell. She got time for Uncle Russ. I'm trying to say the legit name, but we know it's Uncle Russ. Um, and she got time or Kobe, who was acquitted of those charges, and if anybody had actually looked at the case before hopping on that wagon, they would have seen that this girl's own friends said that she came into a party and not only bragged about bagging Kobe, she also said that she was going to get her hands on the bag. She's about to, she said to her friends, who are all women, and had no reason to stab her in the back, that I'm going to get this money. Right, so if you're coming in bragging about having sex with Kobe Bryant and then saying, yo, I'm about to get this bag, that's a setup. I've been, like I said, I'm a hood kid and maybe y'all don't understand that, but I know what a setup is. That's a setup. And she was dumb enough to brag to people. And the thing is, I know I am a person, I've worked at a rape crisis center before and I do believe in victims, but I'm from the hood and I know girls who have told me that they have put holes in condoms to attract rich dudes. I know girls who have changed their pills out with Tic Tacs to land computer, like, you know, rich computer engineers. I know girls who have done some devious things to get ahead in the game. And in this situation, the proof did not lend to Kobe being arrested. And yes, I understand that that might sound really controversial, but if you go and look at the case, you'll see that there's so many factors that this girl it was obviously lying. And I always say, we believe rapists, we not really believe rapists, we always believe victims, and you should always believe a woman when she said she got raped. But in this country, if proof and evidence goes into disproving that this woman may have been lying, because we can't sit here and pretend that women do not lie about getting raped sometimes. The percentage is super low, right? We can't say that there's not that 1% of assholes that will ruin it for other women. And I'm just being 100, because I know girls who have told me to their face that they've done these things. And I know the percentage is super low. I'm not saying all victims before y'all even try to jump on that. But there's still a 1% of women who do those things. And I want, I want us to all know that there is one girl, like there have been girls who have told me that they, you know, that they've changed out men's, like they've changed out their birth control pills with Tic Tacs to, to, catch a, to catch a man. And we're thinking this is a really rich young man, right? Kobe Bryant was a really rich young man who may have made bad decisions. But if you look at the case, there is a camera video of her taking a key and going into Kobe's bedroom. How bad do you want to convict somebody when you literally watch this woman who was the hotel clerk though? She worked at that hotel. She was the night she was the night uh, person, right? She took a key and she snuck into his hotel. 
And then after the event, she went and bragged to her friends, who were all women, by the way, that she was going to get this bag and that she, that Kobe had a giant dick. And as somebody who has been a rape, a rape crisis counselor, I don't know, I, I don't want to say that there's any one reaction that women have after being raped, but it's definitely not going to parties and saying, I'm about to get this motherfucking bag. And Kobe Bryant had great dick. And I snuck in his room. She said it to her homies. She just wasn't expecting her homies to go to court and be like, nah, bitch, I'm not protecting you. And I want to. And this isn't the only case where, where, so like, we can talk about the case where the one woman got busted for lying on a football player about raping her, and the boy, and the man who lost out on being scouted for the NFL, lost his career and lost his life. Not his life, but he lost his life as a football player. He's never getting that chance again because someone told a lie. So I guess for me. It, it, people want to, People are quick to jump on things and they're quick to post stuff. But if you look at the case and you look at the the evidence and the witnesses and the videos, right? I mean, if okay, not saying just because you go into a man's room at three o'clock in the morning, it's a it, it gives him a right to rape you, right? I'm not saying that. But you sneaking into somebody's hotel room at three o'clock in the morning and then saying, "I'm about to get this bag." I mean, the details don't, it, it doesn't add up to someone who isn't telling the truth, who is telling the truth. Amen. And I mean, I still like, as I am a woman, I love other women. I run for the nipple. Uh, I've worked as a rape advocate. And there is this world we don't want to talk about because it's not that much of the population. Like I can say most pe- women who say they are raped are telling the truth. They are telling the truth and it is provable and even if it's not provable most people who say they are raped are telling the truth but i still live in a world where women have admitted to me of doing some devious shit like also saying somebody raped them as leverage yeah there's only a few bad apples but we can't say that the bad apples don't exist No, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, and let's just be honest. You always you need to have due process anyway when somebody is accused of something. You deserve that. Um, so, you know, whatever, you know, because now they're saying um, there's a new case that just popped off this this week where somebody's accusing Rick James of rape from 1979. Yo, he did that shit. But my thing is that was 1979. He's been dead for 15 years. <laughs> you know, like how are you gonna? At what point? What does that do? You know. So I mean, it's a part of things that have been happening, right? Uh, just in general, like mm-hmm. we've been tearing down these old ad- adages of the past. Like we, like the society that's being created right now, is so so different from what it wasn't before. And we're kind of ripping down those things that can represent. Um, misery or injustice in the past like that's why we're getting rid of all those old ass uh president statues right mm-hmm. even though i think they should go to the museum so people can relearn how fucked up it is right um i think that they should they should be taken to places where you can be like wow that's fucked up right like for, well like 
Underground Railroad. Um, and there's a part that was collapsed. This is in Yellow Springs, Ohio, where Dave Chappelle lives. Mm -hmm. um, and there's an underground tunnel, right? And part of the tunnel is collapsed. And they've never went in and kind of dug the bones out. So you get to this wall and you realize that this is the sacrifice like that, that black people have made for our freedom. Um, there's nothing more, more bone chilling than watching a real examination, than seeing something that is a representation of something that's just real. Um, but moving on from that, we can talk about that later, but um, yo, situation's fucked, yo. That's all I got on it. That's all I got. Like, mm -hmm. we, we have to come to the point where everybody has to be held accountable for their actions. And I, I, and I'm telling you, most women, most men and women who say they are raped, they are telling you the truth. But at the same time, I, as I said, people have admitted to doing horrible things. For some reason, people, I'm the person that people walk up to and want to tell all their business to. Right? I've had people walk up and tell me, I totally killed somebody. And I'm like, wow, could you wow. tell me that? <laughs> Ever. I've had people tell me their deepest, darkest secrets out of nowhere, and I don't know why they do, they just do. But I've had people tell me some things where I'm like, wow, you're not a good person. And they have definitely been, some of them have definitely been female. Wow. Uh, I guess for me, it's kind of like with the Kobe case and looking at the, if there were, if the, if the court records and the witnesses had any kind of break in their armor, then I would be like, yeah, maybe Kobe went and did that shit. But when you look at the witnesses and who the witnesses were to the, uh, I guess, plaintiff, you don't have any reason not to trust these friends that she has. All right. And they can they conveniently leave that stuff out too today. They 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 mentioned he was accused and they mentioned the whole thing about the apology, which is not an admission, but then they leave out okay, well when we're gonna go back, let's bring up all the facts of the case. Oh, they leave that crap out. You know what I mean? Like it's like like if if if, if since we're gonna retry it and pull it out, well let's bring out the facts, you know. They don't want to do that. Oh, they want to leave all the sculptory stuff out. It, it, it's really bogus. You know, it, it's very bogus. And, um, you know, I, I want to go back to the whole Snoop Dogg thing part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like, um, I guess to wrap that up, like, uh, daily bullshit for asking, like, I, I, I don't want to go to the Snoop Dogg part yet because we still need to talk about what actually happened between Gail and Leslie? Because I feel like a lot of people, like you may have some uh, old viewers, but I got some new viewers that, let's talk about between Gail and Leslie, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that what she did by bringing up Kobe in the middle of the Leslie interview was optics, stupidity, or I mean, I, get, I understand it's her job. Like, do you think that it was a good idea that she did that? Mm-mm. Not at all. I think she has an agenda that she's working from and she's yeah. been consistent with it. So what she was doing was it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a um I'm doing my job. This is her this is her and her homie Oprah's agenda. And okay. so it goes, you know, cuz people keep saying like it was a 
that's why I said last week, I'm not going to split hairs on what she was trying to do and all that. Because we're going, this is not a one-time thing that we're going off of. This is a, this is a uh, series of behavior. So if it was a one-time thing, you could, I think most people would be like, okay, she was doing her job. I don't like how she was doing her job, but it is what it is. So, you know, so, um, I believe that this was, a uh, this is, she did what she wanted to do, what she was trying to do. And so I, I really believe that, um, I was just glad that people called her out on it. I was so happy that, that that's what happened because a lot of times, a lot of us from our community be doing that stuff and they never get called out on it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I was glad and it needed to be harsh. I feel like it needs to be harsh. It needs to be, you know, painful, you know, and I was glad that, you know, that's what happened. So kudos. I don't know if that's okay to wish. I mean, I, I want her to get a lesson. I don't know if I want it to be painful. It um, needs to be painful. It really does need to be. It needs to be. Like, Why maybe, not? Maybe we could have, maybe we should have had a real talk with uh, Auntie Gail. You know what? You know why that's not going to work? Because who she answers to, she don't answer to us. So she doesn't really care. She doesn't care what we feel about her because we're not the ones that pay her bills. But we are the ones who pay their bills. But that's not how she thinks about it. If we stop supporting, okay, what what I always find is just so, so like, it's like looking on the outside in with black people, right? Mm -hmm. We command so much power. We can shut down businesses. We can stop your shit cold. If we don't endorse it, people stop fucking with you. The problem is, is that we've allowed ourselves to think that this one company we control, we we have like the black dollar is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But we continuously sell ourselves out, sell our power out because we have the ability to shut down her boss. We have the ability to shut down Gail and her boss. I feel like we just don't understand as as the community, like as the community, how much real power we weld. No, I see. That. I know that. I know that, and you know that. But I don't believe that's the way she sees it. She sees it as my masters are CBS, and that's who I'm serving. So I don't think she sees it. Right. I I I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like she feels that. So in her mind is I have to service my master's CBS and forget our community. Right. So that's how I believe. So that's why it had to be painful because that's the only way she going to see it. You know, that's the only I don't think that the pain needed to be there. I think that she just needed to be. I just think she wasn't woke. And you don't always have to be the most traumatic to wake people up like. Being cruel doesn't always wake people up. It just shies them away from like your uh, your agenda, not your top, your your the vision you see. It just shies them away with that. Like uh, cruelty doesn't always tell people, show people the lesson you wanted to show them. I don't think it was cruel. To be honest with you. Oh, I don't think what Snoop Dogg was cruel, but we were uh, y'all, not y'all, but there were some people wilding on that. Threatening to kill her, 
Well, I mean, obviously, I don't I don't think death threats. First of all, death threats are stupid because first of all, ain't nobody killing nobody. And I, mean, I have, though. That shit is mad scary. Like, it, you know, we have had people who shot the president, John Lennon. If you can get a celebrity, you can get God. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Ain't, ain't nobody going to assassinate Gail King. <laughs> she not Tupac. She not going to be coming out the club getting shot. You know, you so I. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to. I got 500 right here that says she ain't nobody gonna kill her. So you never know, yo. I've had stalkers, and that shit is not pleasant. Okay, what I look. It's not pleasant to see that shit. Don't wake. You don't want to wake up to seeing them letters because yeah, but you ain't doing fuck shit though. You're not doing fuck shit to your community. So to be honest with you, I don't have much sympathy for somebody who who does things that are against our community so honestly i really don't care that much i mean do i want to see her get killed no but do i cry for her hell no i don't cry for anybody who who does that kind of stuff like i brought him up last week like terry cruz yeah i don't care about him like you know i can't stand I like that negro terry cruz, though. You get fired over some terry i don't like that negro straight up and down Terry Crews, and he was one of the nicest people I've ever met, so I got skin in the game. But, but wait a minute, Madeline. Is he really going to treat you bad? I mean, that's not the point, though. But what, is he really going to treat you bad, though? Seriously? But you know what? That's not the point, though. The point is, he's probably always that cool of a dude, right? No. Who's going to treat you bad, Madeline? Madeline, who's going to treat you bad? Madeline, who's going to treat you bad? I'll never know the feeling, but... Madeline, though, but who's going to treat you bad? You never know. I've been treated bad before. Like, Cedric the Entertainer? Mm -hmm. Cedric the Entertainer was rude as fuck to me. I'm calling him out. I don't care. Okay, one guy. Rude as hell. For no reason. Okay. You know who I always have the weirdest meetings with, though? Mm -hmm. Common. I run into Common in multiple cities Mm -hmm. all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We always... Common, so common lied to my mother. We've never said anything, but I, you know what? I got a video of it last time. Common lied to my mother. He told my mother he was going to do our podcast, and he never did it. So, <laughs> so, so, so Madeline, let me I mean, ask. Madeline told me in the eye a couple times. I even have videos of it. Yeah, he might not do your podcast. He was supposed he to do it. Numbers on here. That's you know. I, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But yeah, I always have the weirdest meetings with this dude, and I never plan on seeing Common. Like I'm not at a Common concert, right? I'll be at like All Star Weekend, and I'll be at a party, and then we'll lock eyes, and we'll be like, and then that's it. That's all that ever happens. That's my weird celebrity like moment where we keep looking at each other like, do I know you? Like, (laughs) okay, but yeah, moving on. Uh, No, no, no. Lots of people are. Lots of people don't like. Like I said, uh, you hear me talking right now. Lots of people aren't gonna agree. Aren't going to agree with me and the treatment of Gail. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, but let me ask Madeline, what did you think about the actual interview that Gail King did of Lisa Leslie? Um, I think that uh, Gail wanted another hit after the R after the R Kelly case. 
I think every one of her questions, because she got that taste of of not being an Oprah shadow, shots fired, y'all. Um, she had that taste of not being an Oprah shadow for a second with the R. Kelly case. Because if you think about it, she's been hustling for a while, and the R. Kelly case was like her biggest breakthrough, right? Like she broke through. White people knew who uh, knew who Gail King was, and not just the white people who wake up to see her on Good Morning America. I meant like people like my age, that like are like who? She became white people famous. <laughs> And she wanted another hit of that. And I think Lisa Leslie, like, I don't even know why she was interviewing Lisa Leslie. I feel like Lisa Leslie was a pawn to have a reason to ask about Kobe. Lisa Leslie was, she was set up. They set Lisa Leslie up, which is another reason why I'm like, you see these two. Um, I don't think Snoop Dogg did anything wrong, personally. Because I would, oh shit, I would have called her so many worse things. Mm. But maybe it would have been different coming from me, I guess. <laughs> you know, because I definitely would have called her a bunch of names. Because I feel like she set up Lisa Leslie to be a pawn in her trying to get that hit of mm-hmm. um, the R. Kelly case back. Well, she wanted the excitement. She wanted the hit. She wanted the, the, the adoration where it wasn't her as Oprah's best friend, because that's what's in the papers. That's how people knew her before she had the R. Kelly case. Gail, Oprah Winfrey's best friend. That's got to start to get on your nerves. And she got Gail King. She didn't get Gail, Oprah's friend. She got Gail King, the journalist. So Madeline, I I have some feedback here on YouTube. The Inspired Thought is saying, Harvey Weinstein has not given interviews, but Gail did interview his lawyer, and she was not kind to her either. Uh, it's it's and she's saying it, uh, the inspired thought is saying it's her job period. Also, have any of you actually watched her other interviews? She is consistent in all the interviews, including the one with Harvey Weinstein's lawyer. If the station received death threats, it's a po- then it's a possibility. So, do you have anything you want to respond to on what the inspired thought is just put uh, put is in comments? Yeah, Harvey Weinstein's lawyer. Okay. Anyway, I guess you have to think that the law is fair for that to work. Um, I guess for me with that, yeah, but there was no reason to have Lisa Leslie there unless it was to ask basketball related questions. It was way too convenient. You know, it didn't take murder, to, murder she wrote to know that Gail King had set up Lisa Leslie to talk about Kobe because why else would Lisa Leslie be there? And it wasn't the station receiving death threats. We were literally tripping y'all and sending Gail King, Gail King death threats. And yeah, I know that she she wanted the attention, she wanted the hit, she wanted the like R. Kelly fame again. Because yo, I'm a, I, I do journalism, I work in this industry too. We are all looking for that moment that you get that break and you want to continue on that break. And Kobe and hiring Lisa, not inviting Lisa Leslie to the show was a good move to be able to open up lines of questioning about Kobe Bryant at the moment he died because it was the hottest story in town. She wanted to dick ride Kobe's death, and that's why she called Lisa Leslie. And it's like, you can, you can feel that way, but I know a setup when I see one. Right, it's not. It's not. E. It's not like oh, I accidentally called Lisa Leslie at the time of Kobe Bryant's death. 
Gail King knew what she was doing. It was pointed. It was calculated. It was researched. Hmm. She knew what she was doing in order to get that extra boost in her algorithm. Right. No, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And, and going back to Snoop Dogg, in a way, Snoop Dogg helped Gail King because what happens is it made her into a victim. And then the focus became how Snoop Dogg was misogynist and all of this kind of stuff instead of what Jagel had done. And then when he apologized, it just made everything. It actually, Snoop Dogg was great for Gail because now it was all these people came to her defense and then it became this man versus woman thing and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, so, uh, in a way, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg helped her out and then, then he apologizes. So, so he admits, you know, that he was wrong, you know, at least that's what he says. So, um, I feel like, uh, it's like, you know, in a way Snoop Dogg was wrong. Now I sent you a clip, Dr. Vibe. It was a speech from Arrested Development and he was great what he had to say about the uh the the situation like speech was on point he usually is on point about most of the things that he said and he just kind of broke it down and he's very kind of you know i don't know if you guys remember arrested development the um the group not the uh tv show uh Mm -hmm. that um you know he uh he's always been an activist and you know and very level-headed you know and uh his what he had to say was really on point and definitely guys check that out him talking about the whole situation so then if you two and I think there's some others here Lauren is saying she felt it was a setup. Uh, I'd love to get Maya and Luke I, if you've seen the, at least the interview if you thought it was a setup, yes or no it would be great to hear then Madeline what, what do you feel Gail should have done different I think Gail should have left it the fuck alone. Like, she should have just left it alone, at least for a while, little while. Um, you know, in the last couple years, um, black people as a whole, we've been mourning so much. We lose so, so much, right? We, we're dealing with a lot of trauma, right? We're dealing with the fact that it's 2020, but we still got to march for the lives of our children. You know, and I think that we needed our moment to grieve. I think she should have left it alone until we had some breathing room, not being right on it. Because when something is hurt, the last thing you want to do is rush in on that because that's how you get bit. You know, like if you see a hurt animal, don't run at a hurt animal. Don't run at a hurt person. Sometimes you got to let people breathe or they're going to uh, they're going to attack you. It's so just, that, it's, huh? No, go, so then let this, pardon me for interrupting then. When would have, if you're Gail King, when would have been a good time to ask Lisa Leslie about that trial, if at all? I mean, at some point, yes. At some point, you can definitely invite Lisa Leslie. I think it was, uh, it was bad optics. It was bad timing. Um, which is something that goes in to being a journalist is we being able to tell when something is important to be dropped or should be held back, 
like I run a marketing company, so part of being a marketer and also doing the personality thing, hosting TV shows, is knowing when and when not to do things. That's part of the job, too. Uh, timing is important for this job. Uh, timing is important for this career in general. Um, I think that she should have just gave it some breathing room, like three weeks, yo. I mean, you, you, okay, how long, if somebody, if your grandpa just died, how long would it take for you to be able to pro at least process that, right? Because people don't want to see Kobe as important as he was, but Kobe was really important. Like, we, there's literally a time in history where every time somebody threw something in the trash and it made it, they said Kobe, right? Like, he was a legend to us, and I feel like at least a couple weeks, damn. She didn't give it no breathing room. If she had done this three weeks later, like, she could have even done it around now, even though tonight is the night. Like, any anybody on her research team would have told her to try to drop this at NBA All-Star Weekend, not right after he died. <clears throat> I think it was a matter of bad optics from her team. Well... Well, what I believe is, you know, she did what she, you know, like, like I said, she was doing what she's supposed to do as far as how they they put her out there to be. So she, you know, whether it was whatever day or whatever, her job is to what they have her doing is to do some some fuck shit. So what I'm saying, really just say no, right? yeah, but I, she but she's on that team, though. She like she wants to be a part of that. And she's been used to getting away with it. You know what? A bigger story would be Gail King leave CBS because it was on some fuck shit. She wasn't going to do that. She's not going to leave because of no black people. We are currently in a culture where, like, even though everything is fake, integrity can make you enough. Gail King wouldn't be CBS's bitch right now if she had just rolled with the fan. She's not going to do that. She's not going to do that. And then, but here's the thing, though. If a Joe Rogan like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no. You don't have to live within the perimeters of CBS. No, I agree. Garbage. I agree, but what I'm saying is Gail is a part of that machine. So she wants to be a part of it. So this is not like, oh, they put me up to it and this is what I have to do and all of that kind of stuff. Um, no, this is, uh, this is, I'm a part of this. This is who I am. This is who I am as a person. That's why I don't have no respect for her or a lot of these people, like I said, it's clear we have enemies and she's one of our enemies, our community. And um, that's why I don't even split hairs about why she did it or any of that. To me, it's pointless. So that's why Can I don't. Can we trade Gail King for Bernie Sanders? Hmm? I'm going to trade Gail for Bernie. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. <laughs> well, <laughs> but um but you know just going back to the uh the snoop part of it is you know snoop said what he said he took it back you know and then all of a sudden but when he when he said what he said you got these people who are trying to stand up for gail who ain't never stood up for no black people ever like and morning I joe and all of this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, Sid, you don't like black people. Quit. You, it's funny. You only like black people when somebody black is connected to some, like, you want to protect the fuck shit. 
So now all of a sudden you like black people because, oh, oh, they're doing our bidding. Well, let me support the person. Stop it. Stop it. Like, I don't know if y'all saw the morning Joe rant where he's like, and she's a black woman. And I'm like, stop it. You ain't never like black people. So stop it. Sit down. Sit all the way down with that. I, sometimes I wish one day I could just be on the dais when that BS go on. I, it'd be my last time on television, but because I couldn't sit there and I don't know how these black folks do it. You know, how they could sit there and listen to this BS that is getting put out there. But, um, you know, amount of cash. I guess. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I've look, I've never had seven figures thrown at me, but I've had a lot of money thrown at me. And I, if it ain't the right situation, I don't go rock wait, with wait, it. Wait, wait. Was, did you get these money thrown at you on or off the pole? <laughs> I, to, to, to not be on the pole is what I got got it thrown at me is to get off the pole. So, um, which is hilarious. Um, but, um, I don't know, man. Like, like they say in dominoes, not all money is good money, but yeah, not all money is good money. And I mean, oftentimes the desperate money you take is going to be your undoing. Right. But if you got a soul though, eventually does blow up in your face. Yeah. That's if you got a soul though. Like some people ain't got no soul. I'm just going to interrupt for a second here. Mm -hmm. Let me just interrupt for a second. Just catch up on some comments here. Lauren is saying she was trying to trap Lisa on that. The line of the line of continued questioning after the answer was given multi multi times. Then Lauren says, "Then we should also do the same with other reporters as well." And then uh, let's see. I agree with that. Get him. Get him. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of Lauren is saying it was a setup. Lauren says that yeah, it was a setup. Maya, Maya saying definitely a setup. Maya is saying she should have stayed on point with touch, touching on Lisa Leslie's feelings on losing her friend and had not been disrespectful to bring up the situation at that time. Luke says American news usually includes opinion. Nothing unexpected in the interview. Gail's no Walter Conkrite. Maya saying he wasn't even memorialized yet. No one should have brought it up. It still should have not been brought up until March or April. It, if it's even that important to discuss. Uh, Lawrence saying this weekend would have been a good with the all-star team game. Maya saying Oprah can give her own new show on her network. LOL. One other thing I'm going to add, and this is someone was speaking to me about this tonight before I came on live. And this is just their opinion. They're saying Gail had 17 years to ask Kobe about this. Right. Yeah. And and it was not brought up till after he recently passed away. I'm just bringing another person's opinion up there. That's not mine, but that was something I had not heard in all the commentary around this situation. And he talked, you know, he talked about it while he was alive uh, fairly recently. Um, a couple of times people have brought it up. And um, so, you know, and then he didn't shy away from it either to his credit. Like he actually talked about how, um, how that changed his life and whatnot. So, you know, my thing is this, when it comes to, uh, to, uh, the whole Kobe thing and all of that kind of stuff. Like I remember when Barbara Bush died and when Barbara Bush died, 
people started bringing up that fuck shit she said during the um, Hurricane Katrina. And people were talking about, oh, that's out of pocket because she's dead and all of that stuff. And well, well, the difference is, is that people were saying that she said fuck shit to her face. Right. 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 And my my thing was, nah, you know, like, because I'm going to tell you, when Rush Limbaugh died, I ain't going to be nice. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to be nice at all. No, no, I'm talking about when he died. He's got to be soon. Uh, he he must got he got to be about to kick the bucket soon with his <laughs> decrepit, sick ass. But he deserves it though. He's a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? He's a horrible individual. Like, and not everybody deserves the same kind of respect and dignity when they go. You know, absolute evil should be treated that way. So, you know, trying to bring up apples and oranges and stuff like that you know, uh, is, is completely different. But when we, you know, we're talking about, you know, this sports figure and whatnot. Hey, Dr. I mean, Tachi. I got it. Okay. So back to Rush, right? Mm-hmm. I think Rush Limbaugh is a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. He's a piece of shit that revolutionized AM talk radio. Okay. Um, not saying talk that he radio in general. Yeah. But I'm not going to like, I hate him. And I think everything he stands for is disgusting. But he did revolutionize AM radio. Well, Birth of a Nation revolutionized film. The movie Birth of a Nation revolutionized film. Fuck that guy who made that shit. (laughs) You know, like, I'll be burning in hell. I want to bring up that Rush did do one thing for, uh, he brought back a dying art form. And I hope he burns in hell when he dies. Yep, me too. (laughs) I hope it hurts. I hope it, I hope it hurts. All right, let's. Let's, let's get let's get back on. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, you don't want to go. Can I say it one more time? I hope it hurt. I hope it hurt right now, whatever he's going through. But go ahead. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So two things before we go forward. First of all, I want to shout out Dr. Tachi, host of the livest on stream live stream about media tech and pop culture called Mediascope, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesdays. IG live 6 p.m. Eastern time and my and my dance instructor I'm speaking into existence I don't know I'm not I I can't dance Madeline so I'm trying to get wait wait wait, wait. so wait hold up hold up hold up is this shout out time because I I need to shout out my stuff yo (laughs) hold on hold on check out the Madeline Karita show which is coming to MCN 6 yeah my first guest was on the cover of Time Magazine in 2019 you will never guess who it was um, other than that, you can catch me reading books on Amazon. Uh, I did a feature film recently called Familiar 2, Cosmic Crush, if you're horror geek fans out there. And, uh, yeah, I'm dope. Follow me on Queen Kong Kai. You may see my butt. Who knows? <laughs> I, 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 was, I was waiting. I was going to have you do that at the end, but you'll probably do it at the end again. So, yeah, yeah, because I, I, so, I mean. So let let so back to Dr. Tachi. Yeah, you can catch her 6 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesdays on Periscope and Facebook Live and uh, LinkedIn and WJMS Radio and a few other platforms. So, Madam, what? So let's move forward in regards to what did you think about Snoop's initial comments and Snoop's two apologies? I mean, I thought the initial one was just it wasn't that it was anti-Gale. It was just like something I would imagine my like old OG uncle to say like that shit was like okay cool 
I, I, I could not find myself really getting offended at her call, him calling somebody a funky-headed dog bitch. <laughs> even I, even I. Literally, like, it's literally part of his brand. You know what? I mean, this is a person who, this is a person who has hung out with NWA. He hangs out with Dr. Dre. He, he was part of the gangster scene, right? And I think part of what made the decade with NWA and all of that is that they kept it all the way fucking hood. Now, if he had said he was going to shoot her, well, we know Uncle Snoop got problems because murder was a case. And you know what? There are youngins that don't even know that murder was actually a real case with Snoop Dogg, right? Um, they forgot Uncle Snoop actually killed people. Like, he was no joke. <laughs> Um, he didn't say anything that you would have thought 19-year-old, 20-year-old, or 30-year-old even Snoop would have even said. He is more calm than he has probably ever been in the history of gangster rap. And, I mean, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have called her a bitch. But at the same time, she shouldn't have been asking Lisa Leslie about the death of her friend. That's what bitches do. So then let we're, me ask. We're going to sit here and pretend that we don't call each other bitches and hoes and shit. And yeah, you can say that culture is wrong, but let somebody cut you off in traffic and call them a bitch. So. I, okay, let me, can I say something to that? Yeah. As someone who doesn't like Gail at all. Yeah. Um, I don't like black men calling black women bitches. That okay. is, uh, I, I'm vehemently against it. Um, I feel like that that you know as much as i don't like her and i don't like black people who are like that i don't feel like perpetuating that is good either but what i will say is is snoop dog and everybody it's like what speech said everybody loves scoop scoop snoop dog saying bitches and hoes and all of this stuff and then they, you know he's at the white house he's this and that but now he, they want to say, was himself. right now, now it's problematic. Now, you know, all of a sudden they care about him. You know, wasn't he the guy that showed up at a awards thing with two women on dog leashes? You know what I'm saying? They agreed to it. Them bitches was into it. Yeah, but but <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm, but I'm sitting there like, I, you know, so I'm I'm like, oh, now he's a problem. <laughs> you know, it's it's just kind of funny to me, but no, I do not. Is even people I don't like, I would say don't. Uh, that's not good. And then honestly, what it ends up happening is what happens is, if he could said that without those words, then you could just deal with what he was really saying. You know, which was on point. By doing that, it made it easy to discount. You know. And then it turned her into a victim, you know? So it's like, it's like if you're in a relationship and you arguing with your woman, right? Mm -hmm. And then you say some profanity in the argument, then she'll just focus on you cursed at me, <laughs> you know, even though you didn't say nothing at her, you just said, you know, this effing stuff, blah, 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 blah. Then she'll just focus oh, on that. <laughs> well, unless you're dating Madeline, then it's all right. But uh, most other women, then that's what'll happen. So, 
But, uh, you know, so that's the, that's the big problem what I had with what he said. But other than that, but what he expressed and all of that kind of stuff was straight on point. He was on point and I was glad he did it. So. So, Madeline, then what did you think about both of Snoop's apologies? I mean, if anything, I hope they were working together because this would have been the long con. Uh, I think Snoop Dogg is, regardless of Snoop Dogg doing whatever it is he did, Snoop Dogg still capitalized on one of the hottest moments of the year and didn't have to morally trade in his blackness to do it. Right? He stayed on brand. Snoop loves black people. He loves being black. He loves culture. He loves everything about us. Right? Snoop did not leave brand. Right? He was still himself. But Snoop Dogg Calvis Bratis is one of the most savvy social media celebrities um, in 2020. But hold Okay, so let me ask him, Madeline. You're saying he stays on brand. Some people have said that by Snoop apologizing, it makes him look weak, and that he did the apology because he probably got pressure from maybe some brands to apologize. I mean, he, I mean, I don't think that, I think we're focusing on, like, he may have gotten pressure, or he may have gotten paid, right? Because don't think that this didn't make Gail King's algorithm jump, because it also made Snoop Dogg's algorithm jump, jump, um, jump. Like, as I said, I run a media marketing company called NPF Media, and a lot of what I do is study analytics. I study what is hot, when is it hot. I, I look at things like trend analysis, trend prediction, um, what is hot that day, what is trending, what is not. Snoop Dogg is a savvy media marketing celebrity. He knows his brand, and he knows his business inside and out, even to the analytics. Don't let them blunts fool you. Inside the mind of Calvin, of Calvin Bride and Snoop Dogg is a savvy celebrity. He has managed to outlast Paris Hilton. He came from a rapper, rapper to a television host, movie star. Do not think, do we sleep on Snoop Dogg, but when you look at his resume, he is very savvy about what trends to hold on to, when to jump, when not to jump. He made a decision to jump that turned out to be profitable for him, too, because he apologized. We live in a country where we'll pretty much forgive Snoop everything, right? We, we acquitted him of murder. We love Snoop. Snoop is a brand. Snoop is a brand that represents something to me and kids that were raised in, in the hood. The kids that were raised on N.W.A. The kids that were raised on, you know, uh, not real hip-hop, because, you know, there are people making real hip-hop right now. Despite what old hip hop heads say, there's real good hip hop happening. But the the onset of the phenomenon that was gangster rap, Snoop lasted from that, and has been building his brand to be even bigger than what you have ever imagined any other gangster rapper has ever done. Like we sleep on like the media mogul that Snoop Dogg has become, but he is one. We can't forget that. No matter how down to earth. We know that he is a media media mogul. He had his own brand, and that upped his brand also. So, if anything, I hope they're all working together to help each other's brands out because they they have automatically raised all the algorithms by having this amount of drama. It raised the number of pings on all of their brands across the board. If anything, this was healthy for 
everybody involved except for Lisa Leslie, who had to sit through questions of her being asked about her best friend dying, right? Everybody wins in this except Lisa Leslie, and that is where my beef with Gail King comes in. We're not thinking about the emotional impact on Lisa Leslie. We worried about somebody calling her a funky-headed dog bitch. Are you serious? First three of those words definitely don't offend me. But we're not worried about the feelings of Lisa Leslie, who lost her friend, or of Vanessa um, and her children. For a case that Kobe was acquitted of, and the girl's friends even testified that she lied about. I mean, is it, are, we, are we saying believe the victim at all costs, even if that means that the proof doesn't? Doesn't make any sense. Like, people want an equal country, but we have to also hold the idea of logic and proof, things like proof, accountable, especially when people are passing. Um, and, and especially to their loved ones. Why didn't, he, why didn't she go and ask the head of the football commission? You know, why did she choose somebody who's um, literally their best friend? She picked the most vulnerable moment to talk to Lisa Leslie about the death of her friend at a vulnerable time for the entire nation. It was bad optics to ask a question about right now. And I feel like there was a disconnect because her bosses... It was a big thing among white women to bring up that Kobe Bryant was a rapist. It was huge. I was looking at all the pages and studying all the analytics, and the analytics even tell you, if you look at the analytics, that it was mostly um, white women in the age demographic that watches Good Morning America that were the most upset about Kobe Bryant being accused of rape. Right? That was the largest demographic that was looking at that, and you can look at the numbers. So I feel like her office and the people in her office are probably going to be predominantly white women. Oh, right? yeah. I feel like the people in CBS is going to be predominantly white. Even if there's a few black people in there, I think the culture of CBS is predominantly white, just like the culture of ABC, just like the culture of lots of our major networks. Black people are just now breaking into those ranks. We are just now being able to do that, and we're not even doing it through them. We are doing it through the internet. We are creating our own new pathways into the media because it is so closed off for people of color, right? Um, I think she's coming, I think Gail is coming from a predominantly white culture and that was a big thing for them throughout their um, Twittering, throughout their Facebook posting. It was a huge thing for white women to bring up, well, Kobe's a rapist, right? But none of them went and looked up the case itself or else they would have realized like maybe I'm overreacting to this because women have lied before. Yeah, but it's horrible it... to think about, but it has happened and it's less than one percent. Most of the time if something has happened to a woman, she is telling you the truth. But there are still people who are greedy. And I think Gail fell in the line of somebody who got She wanted another hit from the R. Kelly case. And she was willing to go after vulnerable Lisa Leslie to do. So, Madeline, let me get your take on this. R. Kelly, not R. Kelly, um, Snoop Dogg apologized twice. Do you think Gail King should apologize to anybody? And if who? I think she should apologize to us, the people 
people who watch her. Why? Her community. What's the apology for? That's who her, That's who got hurt the most. I, I feel like... Well, no, no, Lisa Leslie was probably hurt the most. I, I'm going to be 100. I think Lisa Leslie was definitely the person hurt the most by her line of questioning. But we were the people who were mourning at the time. That's why she had such a virulent reaction on her Instagrams, her Facebooks, her Twitter. Uh, us, the other brown people, are pissed off at Gail King. We are. And when Snoop said what he said, it was okay for some people to be like, well, misogyny is not okay, but she's still wrong, though. No, I want to hear that she's wrong first. And then we talked to about Snoop Dogg about his dropping of the B word. One was within brand, and it was Snoop. Not a surprise that Snoop called somebody a bitch. He called regular people bitches. He been called, he called, he called normal. He calls all types of people bitches. I think uh, if you've ever watched his show, uh, West um, West Coast, I think. Well, whatever. There's a Snoop Dogg show on uh, YouTube. And the end of his show just says, you funky did it. You funky headed dog bitch. That is literally the thing you hear as the show leaves the set. He literally said the end of his TV, end of his show on YouTube. So, uh, I mean, we can feel like it's wrong, but have we not, we need to call Gail King on the carpet for not only humiliating Leslie, because that's humiliating, on top of also being insensitive, right? But it was also at a time where we were mourning. Like, there needs to be some kind of respect for not just Gail King's feelings, but the feelings of the people who are dealing with these past traumas who are dealing with the loss of their hero, right? Uh, we're, as black people, we are dealing with a lot. We need some wins. Kobe Bryant was a win for us. <coughs> Kobe Bryant was a legend, right? And we can say, oh, but he bounced a little ball, but he meant something to lots of people. Um, and whether you want to believe the uh, rape acquittal, because they keep forgetting to add acquittal to it, because the evidence definitely stacked up that the person accusing him was lying. Mm. It's easier to vilify a black man than it was to vilify Harvey Weinstein, uh, than it was to vilify Epstein. Um, where she, she said shit about Trump. I mean, she had time to vilify Kobe Bryant for something he was acquitted of because it happened against a blonde white woman and her upper echelon employer said that that was a case versus their friend being a disgusting predator, violent predator that preyed on young actresses and forced them into degrading and humiliating situations. Where's that expose at? And just like talking to somebody's lawyer, that is not the same as talking to their best friend. Mm, I agree. Lawyer is a hired professional, right? Lisa Leslie wasn't hired or a professional that was used to going in and defending her best friend who had just died, right? It's not the same. Asking a lawyer questions, you are dealing with somebody who knows how to control their feelings. It is their job to talk about the case. It's literally a lawyer's job to talk about what's happening with their client. It is not their best friend's job to talk about what is happening. There is a difference 
between Lisa Leslie and talking to a lawyer. And I think that maybe Gail King needs to talk to her friend Harvey Weinstein. She needs to pull that interview. And we can't talk to Jeffrey Epstein anymore. So she needs to start she needs to start going after her friend circle before she starts going after black legends. Right. Because she's I mean, that's literally going after our memories. It is going after our pain in which to profit off of. The difference is, is that we're a lot more savvy too. As, as CBS and CBS has stayed the same, us, the children of the internet, um, have gotten faster and more savvy every single day. So we are now able to see that the, the strings that are pulling inside of the whole CBS ABC game that they have going on. We are seeing the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the wizard, once he comes out from behind the curtain, and I, I don't know if they realize how rapidly we have changed as a people that we're not going to sit here as black people and continue to let our, our feelings and our memories become invalid in the face of regular mainstream media. Okay. Okay. I know I, I smoke all this weed, but you know, <laughs> I, got, I got a little bit no. of knowledge. So, so let, so then and Madeline, then do you also feel the all your smoking needs. <laughs> uh, also, we will be selling Celebrity Snoop brands. Celebrity Snoop brands is coming on the floor 2027. I really do support Snoop. Then, do you, do you think also Gail should apologize to Kobe's wife? I think, I think she needs a couple of apologies, not just because. She's worried about the internet and her optics. If she wouldn't apologize without filming it, I would maybe give her some credit on being a human with integrity. I, I don't think if she, she didn't do it as a media spectacle. I would give her some credit. But as for now, she's going to have to re-earn the trust that we have had in her as, you know, the, the citizens of the black race in America. She needs to return some of that, even though um, I'm not going to say it's I'm not making anybody's feelings that Snoop Dogg saying something like calling somebody a bitch isn't you. You are allowed to feel that it's misogynistic, right? You are allowed to feel that way. And he did apologize. But are we going to hold Snoop Dogg to a higher caliber than Gail King? Like, I'm fine if we held them both to the same caliber, but people were going harder on Snoop Dogg than they were on Gail for for asking such horrible, having the audacity to ask somebody's best friend, lure them on her show, trap her on her show, and then have the audacity to question her at a time when her heart was ripped out. Oh. I, you know what? I, I, I can only think about the things I would have said, and it definitely wouldn't have been called on anybody just a funky headed dog bitch. I'm gonna keep that 100 with you. Um, I don't like it. I, I am not in agreement with a culture of victimization, even if you're a journalist. You are not allowed to victimize people's emotions and feelings because you feel that it hits your bottom line. That's called integrity. It's one thing to talk about something that is trending, it's another thing to sell out somebody 
and trap them in what would probably be, it's a, it's, it, that's a nightmare. You want us to wa be induced to watching Lisa Leslie, who was an amazing basketball player, who's an amazing woman still, watch her be subjected to being trapped while listening to, listening about the horrible things that her best friend who just died has done on live TV. I don't know if you had a chance to give us your takes on on uh, Snoop Dogg's apologies. Did you give us what your feedback or your take on those apologies? I think Snoop Dogg. I think Snoop Dogg is actually. He might actually be serious about those apologies. And also, once again, it's good optics. Um, it is great optics to apologize. It just is. So whether he feels it or is intentional or not, it's still uh, a good move to apologize, regardless of the reason of doing. So part of it, I could see it being a good media play because it's a great media play to apologize. It just is. We love apologies. We love a sinner who confesses their sin to social media and then we heal them of their sin by them saying sorry in a tweet. So uh, we love that. It's a story that people, humans love. So we will always probably forgive the apologetic sorry um, I think he might, I, I want to say in air that he, he probably meant it. Not just that it was just a good idea because his brand isn't slapping hoes anymore. It was slapping hoes, but now he's making cookies with Martha Stewart. I think Snoop needed to a minute to remind us that no, he is still a gangster. He's just a gangster that's getting, that he's a gangster getting checks now. <laughs> he is a media savvy gangster. He has taken the OG game to new levels that we in the hip hop community can't help but adore and love. Um, he only called her a name. And I don't think that name hurt her as much as she hurt Lisa Leslie though. You can call me a bitch all day, shit. It gets my ratings up. I'm a sexy bitch if I'm a bitch, but you know, to to make that kind of attack on somebody who was emotionally vulnerable after trapping him into an interview. I mean, maybe we, you know what? I don't want to think Lisa Leslie was in on it because from her reaction, it didn't seem like she was in on it. But uh, what Gail King did to Lisa Leslie is way above and beyond calling somebody a bitch. I agreed. Definitely. Yeah, like and so then we lost sight of that, too. Huh? We lost sight of that, you know, in defending Lisa. I mean, um, in defending Gail, uh, we lost sight of, you know, with the reason for the season, basically. So, um, yeah. you know, I don't know, man. It's uh, this whole thing is is real shitty. At the end of the day, there was a tragedy where a yeah. a man lost his life with his daughter and seven other people. And, um, that's the real tragedy of yes. the whole thing. And, you know, we almost forget that, that part of it, you know, these people ain't never coming back. Their families are forever changed, you know? So, yeah. you know, and I mean, we need to be kind to the victims right now, not the victims, the survivors, yeah. the family members who are left behind the, the man who is left without a mother for his children. Right. Um, Lisa Leslie is only so she, she's gotten hit by the shrapnel of that in so many ways. And Gail King helped that. 
Um, I mean, we should feel sorry for the survivors, you know, uh, Lisa Leslie. We haven't talked about the fact that she lost her best friend. She lost one of her favorite people in the entire world. That hurts. That is crushing. I don't think that she was ready to talk about it at that time. Hmm. I think what, what, what this last few weeks has shown, though, also to me is that there are two different groups here that are hurting. Black men are hurting in a lot of different areas and also black women are hurting. And one of the areas that they're both hurting in is relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm put like this, I'm cool as hell. If you don't get along with me, you the fucked up one. Just saying. <laughs> just well, not everyone, not everyone rolls like that, but it just shows that like hurting people hurt people. And that's true. Hurt people hurt each other. Like this, um, but at the same time, this wasn't about Gail King being hurt. It was about her, her pockets hurt. Just to keep it on, you know, just to keep it on. It was about Gail King's pockets hurting. It wasn't about whether Leslie was hurting. Um, I mean, I'll put it out there. Gail King was a shark. She ain't your friend. <clears throat> and yeah, she may have, she, I think she just wanted to relive the hit from the R. Kelly case. Because her algorithm jumped. Her optics were, I mean, her optics for a small amount of time. She was the queen of social media. She was the queen of media for five seconds, right? This woman who has always lived in Oprah Winfrey's shadow had five seconds, 15 seconds. And she wanted to make sure that her fame went longer than 15 seconds. And if that meant trapping Lisa Leslie into a horrible conversation, she was going to do it. I remember Gail King had a TV show, like a talk show once. She did. And I I remember the intro of it. It was like, oh, she was a TV reporter. She's this. She's that. And also, and Oprah's, I think Oprah was doing the intro for it. And she's my best friend. Like, I remember (laughs) they listed it as her accomplishments in life. (laughs) You know, I remember I need to find that. Like, yeah, it was like, and she's my best friend. Like, oh, wow, that is hilarious. Yeah. She wanted out of that shadow, and she was willing to sell somebody down the river to do it. Yeah. It's a good shadow to be in. Good, uh, yeah, I remember that, Tacky. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. go ahead, Kente, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, though, you know, um, uh, we just have to realize, you know, I, and I get it because, like, last week, we were talking about, oh, she's a journalist and this is what she's supposed to do as a journalist and all that. And at the end of the day, I don't care about journalism or what they say they have to do. It it means nothing to me. I look at our community and the ramifications on our community. I don't care what journalists are supposed to do or whatever by whatever book that they say that they have to go by. I know if you're a journalist, that stuff means something to you. Uh, I just look at our community straight up and down. So, you know, I don't care. You know, it's, it's like some people are police officers and they say they got to do what they got to do. Well, I got to do what I got to do for my community. So that's how I look at it. So um, so I really don't care about that kind of thing. So um, but, you know, I'm glad we having these these conversations. They're very important and needed and necessary. And I just want to move forward in how we can better um 
you know, what can we do better in for our yes. community? Yeah, because that's do, the. How do we move forward from this? Right. And communication and patience. Right. That's how you move forward in anything? The answer is super simple. It's just we make it complicated. Communication and, and patience. That's really and putting people on notice most putting people on notice because now people got to think about it when they pull this crap you know what I'm saying yeah. people got to think about it now that's what the good thing about this is now it's like wait a minute uh, we're getting checked for our fuckery you know like because for a long time people weren't getting checked you know and I'm that's so glad my favorite though is the uh the lady who said uh the nakers you know what i'm talking about that which is not what she said she said the los angeles niggers and then yeah and then she said no i said the nakers (laughs) i'm sitting there like what kind of jedi mind trick are you trying to pull i you know what i listened to the clip multiple times she didn't say makers not at all already dropping the end bomb on this show it's only 9 19 where i'm at i don't know what time it is where you guys are but it's 9 19 and we're always already dropping the nakers word right it's Right. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, what kind of bullshit you think? And then people were defending her saying, I think that's what she meant. No, no. I think that's what you meant doesn't change what actually come out of your mouth. Yeah. No, I think subconsciously you said what you really wanted to say. I think that's what it was. She says that at home and it rolls off her tongue too. Mm Mm-hmm. She thought she was at home, to, like, you know. Right. She. Yeah. Did the other team start with the end? No, it did not start with an end. It started with a. Uh, it started with a K. Uh, that she was trying to, but no, it's bullshit. That's bullshit. She did not say. She say said that. She a, said. She said what she said. You know, I'm like, don't pee on me and say it's raining. I mean, she did lose her job. Yeah, yeah don't pee, don't pee on me. Did they get rid of her? I don't think yeah, they, they did. I thought they did, but I, then I heard. I don't think. I don't think they got rid of her. No, no, they didn't. I thought because it came out that she they did, but she don't have her job no more. I have to look that again. I I remember thinking that, and then when I looked, that she still had it. So. Even still, though, even if she lost her job, even if she lost her job, Fox News is gonna hire her like tomorrow. So, she she good. She still lost her first job. She good. You know what? You're allowed to get fired and go find another job. You are. Fox News, the lover. Like, oh man, yeah, that's her audition tape for Fox News. (laughs) 
Right. No, never. I don't care. See, I'm evil. No, she should never eat again. She should be underneath the uh, overpass panhandling for food. So I'm evil like that. So as we close this conversation, um, Madeline, thank you so much for... What up, Curtis? Sorry. In regards to this conversation, if you had a chance to speak... Okay, so I'm going to give a list of people and I want you to give your message to them. So first things first, what's your message to... Gail King. Um, I mean, you know what? I think. Does anybody remember that scene from Hustle and Flow where he starts talking to Luther? <laughs> what happened to you, man? What happened? That's the only thing I got. The scene where uh, Terrence Howard is talking to Ludacris about what happened to Ludacris once Ludacris left the hood. Right? What happened? We We, thought that you were somebody that we could respect, somebody that we could trust, somebody that had our back. Now you come out of here with this all fuck shit? I mean, that's, you know, that that's that's literally what how I feel right now. I want to be civil. I have the ability to be civil. I can say the most beautiful things about how we need to peace and all that. Nah, I need her to keep it real. What happened? What happened to the idea of, of, of blackness? What happened to the idea of, of your brothers and sisters? We in this together, girl, and when they're, your masters are done with you, you gonna wanna come back to us. You gonna wanna be in a Tyler Perry. You gonna wanna be on, on, on uh, <laughs> BET. Cause what happens is they're gonna be done with you and then you're gonna expect us to keep forgiving and taking back every time y'all spit in our face. You know, um, Kinte, what what would you say? What, what would you want to say to Gail King? It's the same thing I would say to other black folks I can't stand who, who sell us out. Is you've been getting away with this shit for so long? We're coming for you. Oops. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm not threatening. That's not threats. But what I'm saying is. What I'm saying is we're tired of it. And mm-hmm. what we're going to start doing is um, putting pressure on your masters to censure people. And or is it masters with a T or with an S? S. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, that, you know, it will, you know, like a, that's what I would say is. It, the days of having a free pass is over. So, uh, what's up, Tiffany? Um, and, you know, like, because the way I look at it is I don't see them as us. So, you know, like I like I said last week, they can all be on a boat and they, they can sink. You know? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to break up with Auntie Oprah over Gail King, though. Gail King is cool and all, and she made, she made bad optics. You know, um, I don't I like know, neither Oprah one of them. Mean something in, in, Oprah will always mean something in a context to the black community and the black lexicon of our culture. Uh, Oprah is always going to mean something. Just because she did this doesn't mean I'm going to take away the things that she has done. She is, you know, she's she's a monolith. 
She has done some amazing things for the black community. She brought things to light. She brought plays and movies and um, she brought a lot of things to the black community. And I'm not gonna like, you can't, I'm not gonna throw all the accomplishments that Oprah has done into the wayside because we currently haven't beef. You know, I think part of, part of the beautiful thing about black culture is that we do, people do come back to us and we keep finding a way to forgive them. There is a beauty in finding forgiveness, even for Oprah and Gail. I'm not a forgiving person. Once you leave, bye bye. I'm not. I'm really not. So once you leave, bye bye. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I mean, no, no, no. Like, once you're out, you're out. Like, but there's still a level of forgiveness that I will still hold for Oprah because I'm not going to take away the things that Oprah Winfrey has done. What has she done? Culture or the lexicon. What has I she done, though? No. Like, yo, this was some fuck shit y'all did with Kobe, and we can talk it out. We can figure some shit out because of all the prior back, the back history of Oprah. Oprah has went hard. Oprah's done a lot of BS. Let's be honest. She's done a lot of BS. This ain't the first thing. So we can go back at her record. Um, we can go way back with her record. So like I said, there's a list. And um, humans are complicated. There is nobody. There's no perfect being on earth. I don't expect and nobody to be perfect, but I don't. I don't like people who who orchestrate with our enemies against us. So, you know. Um, I mean, I guess we're gonna have to talk about that later. Like, well, we can definitely talk about that later. Like, but do you feel the things that Oprah has contributed to the to black culture are meaningless? Um, I mean, you could say. A lot of people have contributed. I'm not gonna play auntie and say she ain't put in work. But I don't. I mean, my thing is this: there's a lot of people who have. Stephen Fetcher did. So I mean, he put he. You could say Stephen Fetcher uh, contributed to black culture. And then maybe they did. So, but my thing is, I, honestly, I, it doesn't matter. It's either you're for us or against us. Ain't that what George Bush said? I mean, you don't really want to. <laughs> he said either for us against us. What did he say? He said, "Yeah, I'll work with the Democrats as long as they do what I want them to do." <laughs> so, and that's so, life. Yeah. You know what? You can say what you want, but he kept it true. That's life. That is usually how most people operate. That's <laughs> how. Well, I'm gonna that's turn society. We're going to close it down here. Mr. Kinte is tired. <laughs> oh, you're going to use me? <laughs> that was just a yawn. That was just a yawn. <laughs> okay. Um, and then what would you, what would you, what would both of you have to say to Snoop? Um, uh, let me think. Um, pass that shit, homie. <laughs> oh, God. I, I just be like I do disappointed, disappointed in you, brother. Uh, okay, so, like just, so just just building on that, Kente, does does that make Snoop look weak, and does it make black men look weak? No, he doesn't make black. I don't see. I don't believe in that. He don't make black men look weak at all. Um, I'm just saying though, 
you if you're going to get involved in these kind of political issues, then you need to be more tactful in the way that you do it and the way that you uh, present it, because honestly, you do more harm than you do good. He ain't. I'm just saying, like, how is this a, how is this okay? Where Snoop Dogg got to speak for every black man on the planet, but yo, Jeffrey Dahmer doesn't represent every white guy on the planet. Like, that's 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 some that's some shit right there that I feel like, yo, how come every black man speaking got to speak for every single black man on this planet? But when white people do stuff, they speak for themselves. Like, and, and I'm just in a media range, right? But when. Like that kind of like, and just in the media world, we're not even talking about real life, but he's got to hold up this mantle for everybody else and everybody else gets to be this individual when it comes to their crimes. Like if that's a view in our society that almost feels inherently racist. But Jeffrey Dahmer didn't speak. He only ate. Yep. Okay. The thing is, why should Snoop Dogg have to be held up as the monolith for every single black person in the culture? Oh, hell like, no. You think I want Snoop Dogg to represent me? <laughs> you think I want Snoop Dogg to represent every black man? Oh, hell no. But he does, though, because he's being expected to apologize while at the same time, I'm, I couldn't be like, oh, we going after Kobe, but we got white rapists on our money. You paying and exchanging cash with dead white rapists on it, but you worried about Kobe. I mean, I'm just saying. That's who's <laughs> on the that's no, you no. That's now that's a whole other story, and we're gonna celebrate them tomorrow. <laughs> and we celebrate them tomorrow. So I don't see anybody giving them hundred. Oh, Doctor Vibe is in uh in Canada. Tomorrow's President's Day here, and yeah, in, well, we, okay, yes, I am aware. Oh, <laughs> and, and and it's questionable what what there's what uh, celebrations they're having for some of your presidents because some of your presidents were not the best of people. No, no, not at all. And it's like one of those things where, okay, then if your if your problem starts at the the Kobe Bryant who was a Kobe, <laughs> your problem needs to start at the fact that we got dead white rapists on our money. Mm. Really worry about that. Worry about what that sends. You know, um, like we need to worry. If we're gonna worry about Kobe, we need to worry about all of them, not just the ones that we have to stare at and look at as people who were victimized by these racist white slavers and rapists because we were the people victimized by it on our money everywhere. We and, have to and just and just to, to let people know fight for that money. Just to let people know, um I I have set up a program for all you guys to get rid of your dead white rapist money. And uh so just you know I'm a I'm a send I'm a mail to you guys uh a briefcase. You just mail the briefcase back to me with all your money in it. And don't worry, we'll take care of it for you. I mean, we gonna start. We need to start everywhere, not just like at, at the door of black people. We need to start at the door of the originators of this bullshit. Um, and you know what? And I ain't giving no money up. If you send me hundreds, I'm keeping that dead white racist money. Distribute <laughs> until it doesn't work anymore. I'm trying to get into Bitcoin, y'all. No, no, no. I'm a uh, Madeline. I'm gonna relieve you of that money. Don't worry. 
Okay. <laughs> Folks, we are going to shut it down because getting, getting crazy here. Cray, cray now. So We're going to do an after show. We need to do an after show. <laughs> we do it. Let's there do it. There will be one. There will be one. So, Madeline, I'd like yeah. to say thank you for taking time out of your positive you productive fine. schedule to share with us. <laughs> now, how could people contact you? You can tell us again now. Uh, I am Madeline Fleming. Actually, my whole name is Madeline Caddyfer Fleming. Um, and you can find me underneath my name. Um, or you can find me at Queen Kong Kai at Instagram and YouTube. Um, obviously getting into trouble there, too. Uh, as you can tell, I got some really strong opinions. And uh, I definitely come and check it out. And I also have some really crazy adventures, like the time I accidentally went out on a Tinder date with a Nazi. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, I talk about my adventures because in my other life, I, I do modeling and acting, and I'm in movies, and I do runways, stuff like that. And then in my other life, where I have to contend with the, like, uh, the, the old, the, the, the Bernie Sanders inside of me, uh, <laughs> where I need to talk about issues and things facing us in America. Um, uh, I feel like uh, I hope to see you guys there. Sometimes, as I said, occasionally you might see my butt cheeks. So well, that's, that's, and they're magnificent butt cheeks, y'all. Just letting you know that maybe you should <laughs> and click like, comment, or subscribe on my YouTube because it pays my bills. Uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. This has been amazing. Um, the next place you can see me is the Madeline Karita Show, which is going to be on network television and Roku. So thank you for the invite. Um, I hope I didn't scare off too many of your viewers. No worries. And Brother Kinte, where can people check you out? Uh, Kinte F on Twitter, Kinte Ferguson on Instagram, and of course, on Indie Radio, indyradio.org. Uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Yeah. Pacific, 9 Eastern, we'll be back for uh, another episode of, uh, of um, uh, 49th uh, Black Man from the for North of the 49th, South of the 49th. And uh, we'll be doing our part two of Does Christianity Interfere with uh, Black Empowerment? We have an all-female panel. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, hey, put me on that one, too. I met God. Uh -huh. She's black. Uh, hilarious. Um, so. Yes. And I just update that Kinte said 7 p.m. Pacific is 10 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Hashtag, and as Luke says, hashtag Black Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and one of the participants, one of the panelists for tomorrow night's conversation, Doctor Tachi, is actually in the room right now. Yes. So there you go. I am Doctor Vibe, host and producer of the award-winning Doctor Vibe Show, the home of epic conversations, the place for epic conversations. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, best place is my website, the. D-R-V-I-B-E-S-H-O-W.com. You can catch all my epic conversations video-wise, uh, podcast-wise, uh, and all the places where you can follow me on social media and download my epic conversations. You can find that all there. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy.
Hello, it's Justin Bieber, and my new record Changes is available right now. Perfect, you don't need no filter. Go just make them drop dead, you a killer. Shower you with. Yeah, you got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy. Hello, it's Justin Bieber, and my new record Changes is available right now. Yeah, these are my only 